Hey everybody, welcome. My name is Steve Fenning. I'm one of the leaders here at The Forge and it's my pleasure to welcome you to The Forge podcast. Uh, We're involved in a series called GoPro, seeing life through a new lens. And I hope that over these next 30 minutes, you're able to sit back and enjoy and I hope that you find it helpful. Hey, good morning. Great to see you. Thank you so much for being here. If you're watching online, so glad that you're joining uh, with us too. Uh, What brilliant images that you just now saw there, and it's all because of the GoPro, the GoPro camera, uh, which enables people to be able to film stuff in a completely different way. Um, Do you know what? Over the last 20 years, the, or 40 years, really, the advancement of video cameras has been quite dramatic. You know, I remember when I was about 10, 11, um, there was only the rich families that had uh, cine cameras. Uh, some of you will remember those. Here we go, look, just to take a look. So this is the kind of uh, image that you would have got back in the 1970s on one of those um, cameras. It's really kind of, uh, it, it's speckled, isn't it? All the colours are kind of muted down. And it's a very, very kind of nostalgic look. That I think people would still like to be able to kind of capture that again there. But also, following on from that, then came uh, these. How many people had one of these uh, to be able to take on holiday and, and capture stuff? Yes, some of you will have had one of those. Uh, so this was a great um, kind of advancement forward because um, they had little cassettes, if you remember. And uh, when you videoed, you could have a look back on the little screen to see how well you'd done uh, with it. Of course, these things, on the whole, people don't tend to use them anymore because um, they have these things. Uh, which are just called phones. And um, uh, actually, it's incredible. The quality of video that you can now do uh, on a mobile phone is extraordinary, and you're able to post it up onto Instagram or Facebook just to kind of capture all of those memories. But also, it was uh, back in 2002 uh, that a guy called Nick Woodman, he went um, surfing with his mates out in Australia. And uh, uh, they really wanted to become professional um, uh, surfers, Uh, but they had no way of capturing um, what they were doing because no amateur could get close enough to the action to be able to film them. But also, uh, the quality of cameras just uh, wasn't there to be able to capture it. And so, this guy here, Nick Woodman, uh, he designed this little camera, and it's called the GoPro. Uh, and you're able to put this onto the front of a surfboard. Um, you can have it on a stick to be able to get good selfies of yourself when you're in the Grand Canyon. If you're on skis, you can connect them to the skis and so that you get these different view of life. And these little cameras are quite extraordinary. And it was called the GoPros because the boys wanted a GoPro with their surfing and they wanted to be able to capture. And so this is waterproof. You can stick it underwater. You can put it in snow. You can do whatever it is. So robust, and the quality of the lens is exceptional. The camera is branded the hero. I like that. That's good, isn't it? Uh, Because that's what they wanted. They wanted to be able to capture themselves as heroes as they surfed. The strap line of this was to make every day awesome. There. Now, that's the GoPro. We have got this series entitled The GoPro, and it's based on this idea of being able to see life through a different lens or through a new lens, a better, high-quality lens, through the lens, in fact, of the master photographer himself. So that as we live out our story and as we share our story with other people, he is able to make our everyday awesome. 
So over these next few weeks, we are going to be looking at how we can be the best versions of ourselves. Uh, as uh, Today we're looking at as parents, but we're going to be looking at husbands and wives and as friends and also as followers of Jesus too. And I realize that some of you are sitting here already and you're thinking, well, I'm not a parent, so this is my doze time. And that is fine, just don't make it obvious. If you do, I will pick on you. And I will shout out at things like that just to make sure that I keep you awake. Okay. And actually, it's going to be very tempting to dip out if you're not a husband or a wife or a friend, because you're very sad. Um, and no, but if, if you're not one of those things, it's really easy to think, well, this is not for me. But actually, I want to encourage you uh, to come along every time over this series. If you're watching today, make sure that you tune in again over the next um, few weeks, because uh, we have got you in mind. Even if this doesn't relate specifically to you, we have got you in mind with what we're preparing uh, with regards to these talks. Why? Because all of us are rubbing shoulders with people who are in a different life stage than us, who may be in a, just in a different position in life than us. And it's really important that we learn to understand each other and we learn to find ways to support each other too. And so if you're not a parent and you knew that it was on parenting today and you've tuned in or that you've come here today, I just want to say thank you. Uh, that is very brave of you. And I hope that something of today you will still find helpful. So let me just introduce, uh, for those of you who don't know me very well, uh, my name's Steve and I am a parent and I've uh, been a parent of three children for 22 years, uh, only of one child for 25 Mm, that worked that out. Okay, um, uh, I have Sam, Alice, and Rachel, and they used to look like this. There they go. Uh, so there's Sam at the top, Rachel's on the left, and Alice uh, is on the right. And almost as quick as that, this is what happened to them. And they grew up. Uh, and so there is Sam, Alice, uh, and Rachel there, 25, 23, and 22. And I would hate you to be under any false illusion but I have nailed parenting uh, because it is far from it. I am the parent who left all three children at church, went home, started cooking lunch, and then wondered where they were and uh, had to drive back very quickly here to, uh, to Debenham uh, to pick them up. Uh, I am the dad who dropped off their son for a sleepover at a friend and was told to pick them up at half nine. And at two o'clock, I remembered. Uh, and when I arrived, um, the hosts weren't looking too happy, and my son was utterly embarrassed that I was his dad and I'd forgotten all about him. I'm also the dad who picked up my daughter Rachel and threw her onto my shoulders and dislocated her shoulder in the process, which wasn't a great move um, either. And so I definitely haven't got this sussed. But my parenting uh, experience may resonate, you, may resonate with you in different ways. My story is that I was parented by uh, um, a Christian, uh, with Christian parents, mum and dad. They're here, in fact, today. There's Bob and Eunice just over uh, there, and they did a fantastic job of um, uh, parenting me. Um, they, they have shown faithfulness. They have shown me and taught me stuff about marriage. Uh, they have been married coming up to 59 years uh, this year, so it will be the 60th um, next June. I'm married, when I was 23 years of age, I married a lady called Sarah, and we had three children. And there they are, that is Alice, who was very proud of her knees, obviously. <laughs> and it was only a short while after that that 
Sarah had contracted bowel cancer. Uh, it went to her liver, and she died in, two, uh, in sorry in 1999. So I then had two periods of being a single parent of um, uh, raising Sam, Alice, and Rachel. Uh, but I didn't do that uh, alone. Uh, my mum gave up work, and uh, she helped to parent um, uh, my kids. Uh, and mum, I'm really grateful uh, for what you did there. Dad, you played a part as well, but I'm really talking to mum there, okay. And, um, uh, and then two, and also Sue Johnson. Sue Johnson, who's just sitting down over here. Sue uh, was almost uh, like another parent to um, uh, my children. Uh, absolutely brilliant, the time invested uh, into uh, my kids. Two years later, I married Sarah, uh, and we have shared parenting um, ever since. Uh, Sarah's the one with the red, uh, not the furry white thing at the bottom there, okay, just in case uh, you wondered. And do you know what? It's because of Sarah that our kids are so sociable, they are so polite, they take responsibility, they have learned to become uh, independent. Uh, They get their good looks from Sarah, uh, but the great thing is is that Sam is mad on sport, and so I feel I've done my my parenting job well. Honestly, I do. Uh, He just loves sport, and so he and I have a great connection there. So this morning... It's most definitely not an expert uh, parent speaking, just a fellow traveler who's trying to navigate now that the kids have um, uh, kind of grown up and moved out of still what it means to be uh, a parent. So in preparing this talk, I was thinking about this question. The question was this, am I being the sort of parent my children want to be? You see, we live in an age of so much self-help books when it comes uh, to parenting. You know, unlike my parents' generation, there is now just this wealth of material that we can delve into and get advice, uh, and, uh, advice from. And I found it really interesting with all of these different books and as I talk with um, parents of young children now, just how the thinking and advice on parenting has changed even since I was uh, bringing our kids up. But wherever we are with regards to parenting, you've got a feel for parents when things don't work out well in public, when things don't go as planned. Perhaps the most memorable of those uh, in recent times was the famous BBC interview uh, with scandals Robert Kelly. All the time. The question is, how Take do you respond to those scandals? Uh, and what will it mean for, uh, for the wider region? I think one of your children has just walked in. I mean, shift it, shifting, shifting some <laughs> of relations with the North may change? Um, I would be surprised if they do. <laughs> you see, he did so well because he knew that nobody was listening at that point. And I think he did, he did what I would do, is just close my eyes and hope it all goes away. So, so parenting at times can be incredibly tough and they can, it can be very, uh, very difficult. Let's go back to the question, though, just of here. Am I being the sort of parent that my children want to be? See, I'm, I'm a Christian uh, and my decisions inform 
uh, are informed by the faith that I have. And I believe so much that what Jesus taught was, was about navigating life and finding life and life in all its fullness. In other words, when Jesus came, he attracted people. People wanted to listen to what he said because it was as if they were able to see life through a completely new lens. What Jesus bought was something so unique and so different. And in fact, one of um, Jesus' followers, John, he recorded some words of Jesus. Uh, when It's written in um, John chapter 10 and verse 10, where Jesus says this, I have come that you might have life and have it in all its fullness. That's taken from what's known as the New International Version uh, of the Bible. But when you have a look at another version, another translation of the Bible, which is called the Message, that same verse comes across as this, I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. I love that. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. That's making every day awesome. And you know what? God doesn't want want us to beat ourselves up about how we're doing life. He doesn't. He wants us to excel. And I believe that God, through Jesus, has given us pointers of how it is that we can live as friends, as work colleagues, as husbands and wives, as followers, but also as parents too. So I want to pick up on three or four principles that Jesus laid out, which can apply to so much of life, but actually it applies so much to parenting. As we look to raise our kids in a way that we become the parents that our kids want to be. So the first thing I want to highlight is forgiveness. This is a principle that was modeled and taught by Jesus over and over again. Time and time we read in the New Testament, um, uh, the record of Jesus' life and of him modeling forgiveness. There was a time when he was uh, with a group of friends, and he was in what was known as a Pharisee's house, one of the religious leaders. And as he was sitting and talking and eating, this woman who had um, a kind of... Um, had a very dodgy past, basically. The whole town would have known her. And uh, she came in, and she started to um, pour this really expensive perfume on Jesus' feet. And when the others in the room saw, one, that it was this woman who just didn't have a very good reputation at all, and secondly, she was pouring this expensive perfume on Jesus' feet, they became so critical. And I thought, if Jesus knew who she was, he wouldn't let this happen. And Jesus said something beautiful to this lady with with quite a reputation. He said this, Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. And he went on to say this, that when you are forgiven much, you love much. And when you are forgiven little, you will only love little. Jesus following on from his death and resurrection, encountered Peter. Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends, had denied him three times. And Jesus went about restoring him and forgiving him. When he was on the cross, as the thief was, uh, thieves were either side of him, Jesus turns to one of them who says, remember me, Jesus. And Jesus says this, he says, today you will be with me in paradise. In other words, whatever has happened in your life, you are forgiven. You are free. 
And when he was there on the cross, he says, Father, forgive these people. They don't know what they're doing. And when the disciples asked Jesus, will you teach us to pray? What did Jesus teach? He said this, this is how you should pray. And he goes into this section. If you're going to include only the important things in a prayer, Jesus includes forgiveness. Forgive us our sins as we've forgiven those who sin against us. So Jesus taught forgiveness. He demonstrated forgiveness. And if we can take hold of this idea of forgiveness and see life through the lens of forgiving, I tell you, that will improve so many areas of life, including our parenting. So who might we need to forgive when it comes to parenting? You know, am I being the sort of parent, remember, that, that our children want to be? Well, maybe we need to forgive our parents. Maybe you haven't been in the same situation as I have. I have fabulous parents. I don't have anything to forgive them for. Maybe for some of you, you do. Maybe a dad has, has not been good, not been loving. Maybe he's been absent. Maybe a mum has said cruel things to you which has affected your life. And honestly, it might be why you're here today because God says to you today, you need to forgive them. You need to model forgiveness for your kids to see. Maybe we need to forgive our kids because they might have said and done things which have hurt us. And family life is so dispersed nowadays and it can just break so much. And maybe you have a broken relationship with one of your kids. And maybe part of that broken relationship is because you won't let go of what they said or what they did or a choice that they made. And you're here today because God wants to say to you, it's time to forgive them. It's time to release them and to forgive them. And maybe, and this might be for a number of people here, that we need to forgive our children's other parent. Forgive them because they've let you down. They've let the kids down. They've hurt us. They've failed us. Whether that's intentional through their choices, through an affair, through an addiction, through abandonment, or maybe it's just because their life, what they had seen modeled to them, they didn't know anything better. I tell you, to be a parent and to learn to forgive is the most exceptional quality we can teach our children. Forgive them so that their failings no longer have a hold over us and no longer shape the way we parent. Am I being the sort of parent our children want to be? Do you know, I would love for my kids, when it comes to the GoPro camera, I'd love to be their hero. I would. I would love to be their hero. And a way to be a hero is to learn to forgive and to model forgiveness, not just to them, but to others who have hurt us and of how we then talk about it. So important because it's very likely that your kids will have to forgive you at some point. And therefore, to be modeling what forgiveness looks like is such a powerful thing, such a powerful value. It's not easy, I know that. And maybe for some of us, we need to break this cycle because you have been part of a family 
where forgiveness has not been evident. And so there are factions all over the place. And it seems as if every generation seems to break down with, um, uh, uh, with others within the family. Do you know what? It might be time that God is going to use you to be the person who breaks the cycle. That no longer do generations after you have to keep falling out with each other because you model something so powerful. You model the forgiveness that Jesus modeled to us. So am I being the sort of parent that our children want to be? Well, I think if I can model forgiveness, I think it's a great quality to invest and to show and to reveal to my children. It's seeing life through a different lens, a better lens, a high quality lens through the lens of Jesus himself. So we forgive. Secondly, I think another quality, another value that Jesus um, uh, spoke about so clearly that if we want to be great parents, we need to implement and put into practice in our lives. It's this. It is of unconditional love. You know, in getting ready for today's uh, message, to go to examples in the Bible uh, to be able to pick up on this is really hard to find. Because you find Adam and Eve have two boys initially, um, and one of them kills the other. So that parenting didn't go too well uh, to start with. Then you get Isaac and Rebekah. Their sons fought for the birthright. They hated each other absolutely hated each other. Uh, And the dad favored one and the mum favored the other. And having favorites is always great as parents, isn't it? No. Jacob went on to marry a lady called Rachel and he had favorites. Joseph was his favorite. He treated him differently to all of the other children. And it caused such huge problems. And so when you come to the Bible and say, I want to parent like the Bible, don't. Okay, please don't parent like it is in the Bible because some of the examples there are horrendous. They are so appalling. The problem is is that we try to link our 21st century life to what life was like then, and it is just so different. So we cannot translate the mess and the mix-ups that you find in the Old Testament to today, which is why Jesus is so important. Jesus longed for people to understand how God felt about them. So he told a story. And he told a story about a son who turns his back on the dad. And he takes half of the wealth from his dad and he goes and squanders it on this wild living. Uh, And really, he has so insulted his dad, he's treated his dad as if he is dead. And many of us will know this story. It's called the, the parable of the prodigal son. And eventually, the son gets into such a low point that he decides to go back to his dad, not as a son, but as a servant. And as he makes his way back, this is what Jesus says. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Jesus broke the behavioral rules and decency of that day. He hoisted up his garment and he ran as fast as he could to his son. And he then throws this party for him. And everything he said and everything he did demonstrated the forgiveness that we've already spoken about, but also an unconditional love. He didn't judge. He didn't hold back. 
He didn't get onto his son. He just loved him. And it's a love that is modeled by God himself. It's the very message to the world that God wants to bring. That we are loved unconditionally. And do you know what? What is most extraordinary about that story is this. Is that the father let the son go in order to win him back. Yeah? The father let the son go in order to win him back. We think at times we've got to hold on. We've got to try and hold on to our kids. And if they're going to make a bad decision, well, we've got to stop them from doing that. Do you know what? The father didn't stop the son from making a bad decision because he let him go. Why? In order to be able to win him back. That's an unconditional love in action. When Jesus was teaching about his heavenly father, he said this. This is how much the, uh, God loves the world. His one, uh, sorry, uh, he gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, no. Telling the world how bad it was, not at all. He came to help to put the world right again. Why did Jesus come? To demonstrate love. Not a select or a conditional love, but a love that is unconditional. A love that means that anyone, if you just go on to the next slide, that anyone can have a whole and lasting life so that no one need be destroyed. If we're to see parenting through a different lens, through a better, high-quality lens, through the lens of Jesus, my suggestion is this, is that unconditional love is crucial to parenting. I believe that if unconditional love is demonstrated, then home and the parent-child relationship becomes a safe place. You know, once my kids were growing old enough to start making their own choices, there were a number of choices uh, that they made which I didn't like very much. And um, uh, it was hard to stand by and to watch them make it. Why? Well, because my mum and dad have done exactly the same with me. They've watched me make some bad mistakes too. But do you know what? Sarah and I... We wanted home to be a safe place. We wanted it to be an honest place, a place where our kids knew that they were loved regardless of anything they did or didn't do. So when one of my daughters came home in a state that uh, she highly regretted, but she has no memory of, really, um, uh, do you know what? Just We never told her off. We never had to. Because... She knew what our values were. She knew what she'd done. She didn't need to be told that. But she definitely needed to know that she was still loved. I'll tell you, parenting isn't easy, and probably one day our children will have stuff which they will agonize over of whether they should tell us or not because they've messed up. Of whether that's an unwanted pregnancy 
whether that's an affair or a lie or an abortion or something like that. I tell you, we won't have to tell them that they've done something wrong. That they, they will know the choice that they've made. And they will find it incredibly hard to talk to us. Why? Because they know that they've fallen so far short. But if home is a safe place, if they know that they are loved regardless, then home can be a place of honesty where those hard conversations can take place. You see, unconditional love builds trust. And trust is what is needed for any kind of relationship, but especially parenting. So how we respond when our kids mess up plays such an important part. It really does. Because over it all, it has to be unconditional love. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean to say that we don't have boundaries or we don't have rules, because we certainly did have them. But when it all goes wrong, I tell you, choose a different lens, a better lens. Learn to forgive and learn to love unconditionally. How can I be the parent that my children want to be? Well, ultimately, it's this. It's forgiveness. Are we happy to move on? Thank you. Ultimately, it's forgiveness, but it is also unconditional love. Let me go on to the third one. The third one is to be and to have role models. To be and to have role models. Whether we like it or not, our kids, as they grow up, they are watching us and they will learn certain values from us. We're role models whether we like it or not. And we will be modeling on a daily basis those things which are important to us. So we will be modeling time management. We'll be modeling um, money management. We'll be modeling language and priorities and attitudes and responses. And this is where I believe we can all share responsibility. Our children, whether they're our biological children, whether they're extended family, whether they are just part of friends' families, they are all watching us. And they are all making assessments to see is what, how they behave and what they do the kind of life that I want to live. And they will choose. So therefore, we have a responsibility to be good role models. In fact, I'd suggest that you actively seek out people who want to be involved in your kids' lives, who are good examples to them. You know, when Jesus was here, he invested so much in 12 close friends, his 12 disciples, and they would model stuff to each other. They would look to Jesus and they would work it out together, what it meant to be followers of Jesus together. And you and I, we're created in God's image, and we are created for relationship with others. And we need to seek others out to encourage us, to encourage our kids, to be interested in them, to invest in them too. And this is where the church, the forge, has played such a key part for Sarah and I with regards to our three kids of Sam, Alice, and Rachel. As I said about mum giving up work to help a parent when Sarah was ill and died. Her support has been huge. Sue Johnson, as I said, amazing in her support through the kids growing up. And do you know what? There are times where Sue gets a reward. 
Christmas Day, I think the kids turned up, I can't remember whether it was flowers and other bits and pieces to be able to give uh, to Sue, in a sense just of repaying the investment that she has had in their lives. A lady called Claire Long, who's now abroad in Ethiopia, had Alice round for tea when she was nine or ten every Monday uh, just to spend time with her. Uh, it was, the investment was brilliant. Matt Levitt invested so much in my kids. Uh, he was fun. He was loud. He guided them. He taught them. He gave responsibility <coughs> to them. There's people like Dave and M. Ahana, uh, Becky Jack, um, Becky Warnock. These people have been amazing role models for our kids. They have helped us as parents. Honestly, they have. Listen, if you're not a parent, you can still play such a key role in kids' lives, in shaping them and showing them life through a new lens, life Jesus' way. I tell you, it is the strength of a church community. And finally, how can we be the sort of parent that our children want to be? Well, it is forgiveness and unconditional love, but it's also this. Be intentional and explicit. In other words, don't assume that just by osmosis, the kids will pick up everything that you think is important. Honestly, if it's important, tell them, invest into them. Live it, breathe it, any way you can, so that they have no doubt of what's important to you. Faith has always been important to me, not just because it's my job. I do my job because of faith, not the other way around, in case any of you wondered. And we have been really intentional in conveying that to the kids. So we have prayed with them. We used to read the Bible with them. Uh, we brought them up to be part of the church. Do you know what? I'm so grateful to Backton Football Club and to Sporting 87 because both Sam and Alice loved football uh, in growing up. Uh, and the, the temptation for them to join a Sunday league football club was so, so strong. And every now and again, my son would start to say, I want to play for this team. We were able to get football matches on Saturdays and so that they could still stay connected to church. That has been a crucial thing, especially, I think, for Sam as he's grown up. Being sociable has been important to us, uh, especially to Sarah. Sarah has invested so much in helping the kids have conversations with adults, even when they were quite young, uh, of asking questions, of showing interest in others. And her investment has paid off. I am so proud of my kids because they're nice. They are. They are really nice. And why? It's because we have been so intentional about it. Looking back, I think I missed a trick on not being intentional about generosity. It's a huge value of mine, but I don't think I modeled it that brilliantly to our kids. Our children will learn so much from us. And it will also learn so much for how we handle our mistakes. Honestly, they will do. It's never too late to learn from our mistakes, to apologize, and to do things differently. So my question was this. In my thinking, am I being the sort of parent that our children want to be? Well, to do that, honestly, I think they have to be able to see life through a new lens, through a high-quality lens, through the lens of Jesus. And he says, forgive. Model forgiveness to your kids. He says, unconditional love. Model that to your kids. Be and have role models. Allow others to invest in our children's lives and be intentional and explicit. And to finish, 
wonder, would you mind just coming up and praying at the end? Would that be okay, Helen? Just to finish, I want to finish with a quote that I think highlights the immense privilege and responsibility of being a parent. When I read this, uh, it lifted my heart. Honestly, it did. Andy Stanley sums it up by saying this, your greatest contribution may not be something you do, but someone you raise. Might not be something you do, it might be someone that you raise. That's the joy of parenting. That's the privilege and responsibility that we have. Life through a new lens. Thanks, Helen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for, uh, for so many of us for that, this privilege of parenting. And Father, thank you that we, we don't need to do this alone, but you have given us so many pointers. You've given us so many pointers through the example of Jesus. And so, Father, would you help us, either as parents or as those that are alongside parents, would you help us to do these things? Would you help us to, to reflect you and to demonstrate forgiveness? Would you help us in all of our relationships to do just what you do with us and to show love that is unconditional? Father, would you help us to be good role models? Would you help us in the way that we speak and react and respond, in the way that we handle our money and our time and so many different things? We so want to be aligned with you. Would you help us? And Father, as parents and as friends and as a church, would you help us to be really clear about the things that are important so that our children and young people would take them on board for themselves? Father, we thank you that you have so much to speak into our lives. Thank you that you want to help us, not just today, but over these coming weeks. You want to help us See life through this lens that is better because it is your lens. Would you help us to apply it? Amen. Thanks so much for listening today. We really value you being a part of this and we'd love to keep the conversation going with you. So please link in with us through Twitter, through Facebook, through Instagram at Forge Church. And please do tune in next week.